you have tuned in to another exciting episode of the 3-in-1 podcast. Joining me from Cleveland, Ohio, international, Ian Lamont Morgan. Listen to Mark Rainey the other day. He's still, still a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, Keith Turner Jr. Yo, I don't even know if I want to go to Starbucks anymore. Just keeping it real. Let's, let's just get Starbucks and Taylor Swift out of here. And joining you from Columbus, Ohio, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for joining us today. Guys, how's everybody doing today? Feeling good. I still love Starbucks. Oh, man. Oh, gosh, Ian. Well, I'm okay, though. I'm all right. I am all right. Somebody cue the, Sorry, cue the frozen music. Let it go. Let it go. Um, hey, so we got a lot to talk about today. Lots. Um, first thing is NBA playoffs. Yeah. We're finally here. The most wonderful time of the year. Um, is it, NBA is it better than are, NFL playoffs? Is it? Yeah. Ooh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh. Yes. Um, absolutely. We could have that debate over the summer. Uh, All right. So. Duly noted. Let's talk. Let's t- <laughs> let's talk about this Heat 76ers series. Uh, the Sixers won game one in Philly, but Miami was able to steal a game. They had a big game from Dwayne Wade, kind of a throwback game. He looked like yeah. Flash again um, in this game. How do you guys feel about this series? What advantages do you see um, Miami having heading back heading back home? And then how could a healthy Joel Embiid change this series? Um, okay, well, uh, got a couple takes on this. Um, I see Miami having no advantage. I don't think they have a, a hope or a chance or a real shot in this series. Um, only because the way he can't, he can't replicate that performance and, you know, and maintain it. They don't have mm-hmm. a star and, um, as much as can be said about systems and everything and Spoh's a really good coach, uh, stars winning the playoffs. It's just how it goes. Um, and so that segues into uh, your next question, which um, if Embiid comes back, um, he's the only big I can think of that they can insert into what they are currently doing uh, with the, the amount of fluidity with the ball movement and the shooters um, being insanely hot like they were in game one. Um, and that was tempered a bit in game two. But he's the only big man I can think of where you don't really have to change that scheme. Um, you can still have fluid ball movement, and he's a he's a pretty good passer out of the post. But um, uh, the fact that he can he can shoot the ball and he's a freak of nature like he is, but still impacts the game in a big man way. Uh, it'll take Hassan Whiteside out of his comfort zone, even though they've had some pretty good battles this year. So you know that would be interesting to see. But I don't think it slows Philly down, and it improves on what they've been doing already. So. I honestly, I expect this series to be wrapped up in five games. If Miami pushes it to six, more power to them. But no, I don't think they have a chance. Wow. Uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you, man. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the playoffs, Dwayne Wade, it's it's something about his motor that just gets him going. And I think I literally didn't watch the, the full game, but I turned it on fourth quarter this past game. And when Dwayne Wade was on the bench, the team looked awful. Like, they started, you know, they were up, I believe, around about 12 or so. It it got down to, you know, a tie game, I believe. And Dwayne Wade got back on the court. And, I mean, it went back to 6-8 in no time. Um, He looked really good. Um, And so I, I think not just Stars wins in the playoffs, but I think it's experience that also wins in the playoffs. Uh, guys who've been there before. And so um, I think it's going to be interesting. Now, to answer Malcolm's question, to me, if Embiid is back, I think that is the the dagger, honestly, because um, I just – I honestly wish that Whiteside was um, good, honestly, or, or <laughs> you know, just remotely a, a decent score. I'm looking at his stats, and I'm like, dude, you're seven feet, you know, like 265 for no reason. Like – do something. Seriously, just do something. Um, because if he could do something, that would be an incredible matchup between those two. But because uh, Whiteside is not very good, um, 
if it beat comes back, that is just, I think that's a little too much. Even if Wade is spectacular the rest of the series, I think they have too much power to, uh, to, uh, for the Heat to be able to do anything. You know, I mean, the Heat's depending on guys like Drogic and, and other guys to come through for them, which, you know, who knows? But honestly, if Wade continues to play the way he does and Embiid is still out, I think it could go six. I still have the Sixers taking the series, but I think it could go six for sure. I mean, well, I, I and and I'm with you. D Wade is the difference maker. D Wade is, you know, even if he's not his best physically, his cerebral imprint on the game is felt when he's active and when he's getting the ball and everything like that. But, I mean, I understand you disagree, but you kind of agree too, though, because D-Wade is also the only superstar on the team. I he's mean, only, yeah, but he's the, the way you were talking is like, uh, he can't really, you know, for, he can't keep this performance up for too much longer. And I'm like, you may be right, but, I mean, that game, that guy, man, but if he plays yeah. rem- remotely close, it's going to well, be trouble. Well, look. I'm just talking about look at, look at what he did. He did 28. He had 28 points on yep. 11 to 16 shooting yep. in 26 minutes. 26 yep. minutes. So they're not they're not they're not putting a whole lot on his plate and saying D Wade. We need the D Wade of old to do this. No, right. they, he got 28 points in 26 minutes. Right. Pretty efficient. Right. And the team clearly played better with him on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at if you look up and down that roster, they had what was it? Five guys, six guys of double figures. Yep. Ellington, um, Olenek, in that game, Richardson, Johnson, Drogic. Yep. And, and then you look at their. Uh, what's the key for them is their defense. They held the Sixers to 13 points in that second quarter. Um, and that's a testament to that defense, a defense that did not have their best rim protector in Hassan Whiteside, who's been completely non-existent in oh, the series. So gosh, far. Um, part of that is part of that is injuries. And part of that is he kind of gets forced off the floor, gets smaller lineups. Um, but, you have to think that he's going to play a little bit better on the road, and he may actually play better with Joel Embiid in the game because um, I think that's going to force him, A, they're going to have to play him more, B, I think that's really going to pull um, kind of on his ego to, to force him to come out and put up some better numbers. Um, we hope. But this team does it with, with – we hope, yeah. But this team does it with with balanced offense and defense. Um, they, they've kind of been able to make it without a star because they have guys like Goran Dragic that can run the offense – um, I really like uh, the Richardson kid um, who can play either guard spot. They got Tyler Johnson who can play either guard spot. Um, and then they have bodies to throw at Ben Simmons. Can you stop Ben Simmons? I don't know. But you can. they at least have bodies like James Johnson, uh, Richardson, and Justice Winslow that they can kind of throw at him um, to give him some different looks. And I think James Johnson is a really good matchup because he has that same kind of build, that same size. Um, he so Ben can't really um, muscle him around, and since he doesn't really shoot, he needs to get to the basket. And if you have a guy like James Johnson on him, it makes it very difficult. Um, so they they've always kind of done it by committee this year. Um, they've had to deal with some injuries, but now going back home, um, some of these bench guys and these fringe guys are actually we all know that the role players play better at home. Um, so those Wayne, well, Wayne Ellington shots are going to go down. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade is actually going to get a boost from being at home as well. Um, young guys like Bam out of Bayou, Kelly Olenek, those guys are going to play better on the road. So Philadelphia needs to be careful. And then the other piece of this is that we still don't know when or if Embiid's coming back. Um, and he kind of came out earlier this, I believe last week talking about how frustrated he is that he's not playing right now. Uh, he kind of wants them to take the training wheels off. And they're not sure if he's going to be ready for game three. And if they're going to play the rest of the series without Embiid, I think the combination of defense and the coaching from Eric Spolstra, who has been in these wars before, who's who knows how to make these in-game adjustments um, and in-series adjustments, that's really that really could be the difference in this series. Um, barring a game where Ben Simmons can really get off. Yeah. Um, but I think against a team like Miami and a coach like Spolstra, his inability to shoot is going to really be a hindrance to them uh, being able to end this series quickly. I mean, I, I got to agree with you there. I mean, he 10 to 17, he had a 24, nine and eight. I, I don't think I see him getting off much more than games like that, um, which is still pretty good for him, but I don't think we're seeing Ben Simmons put up 40, 
45 points until he establishes a jump shot. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you there. But, guys, I, I think we are understating the 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 power of star having a, having a star in your squad in the playoffs. I mean it, it I I just think it's what determines series, even if not individual ball games from game to game. So yeah, I I and also uh everybody who was hot in game one for the Sixers was not in game two. Covington, one of nine from three. Sorry, three of ten. JJ Reddick was one of seven. Ursan Ilyasova didn't hit. Bellinelli was two of eight. Any of those guys shoot above fifty percent, and it's a tie ball game or the Sixers win. So I don't think you. I don't think you're seeing this same drop off in the next I see, game. I see, I see what you're saying, but those guys aren't going to play as well on the road. I disagree. I, I think role player. It's it's not a. This isn't a. I didn't just make this up. There's actual <laughs> numbers, evidence that, that role players, players play better play at home. Well. I Star, understand. Stars, stars. It doesn't matter. Stars play well pretty much wherever they are. But role players do play better at home. And so if we're expecting Robert Covington, um, Ersan Ilyasova, Bellinelli, and those guys, those guys to play better on the road, and especially as young as this team is, I, I don't know if we can just chalk that up as oh they'll they'll just be better especially a team that doesn't have the requisite um playoff experience especially when your best player ben simmons this is this is first year he's never even played in the playoffs before true um but ben simmons is a distributor and bellinelli is not young and is playoff tested jj reddick is not young and is playoff tested again i don't think i'm not saying that these guys are gonna have phenomenal games i think you'll be surprised how well the role players are playing miami I think it goes 1-1 one, one, um, and goes back for pivotal game five, honestly. That's the way I see it. I think a lot of it hinges on does Embiid play. Yeah. Um, of course. I, of I course. mean, he's, there's, no, there's no matchup for him. I mean, Whiteside is a good matchup when he's healthy, but I don't think he's healthy. Um, so I, that would be the uh, – you look at, look at it on paper, you would obviously say the Sixers should win this series with all the talent they have. But I'm a believer in Spolster. I believe um, that their team as a whole may be great enough. And then I, I looked at their rotations. The Sixers only played seven guys, which is I don't I don't know how I feel about that going against a team like Miami that can that can go eight or nine deep, um, especially a team that's this young, this inexperienced. Markel Fultz only played five minutes. Yep. Sean Holmes played three. T.J. McConnell played six minutes. Um, over the course of a series, especially with some of their younger players that aren't quite battle tested, some of the injury issues they've had over the season, I think that may also play a role in it. Um, but you know, if if Embiid comes back and everybody kind of shifts back down to their normal position, I think that might help. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, the other series, we're not going to spend too much time talking about this. Um, Warriors taking a two zero lead against yeah. the Spurs. Yeah. Is there any chance in the world that the Spurs pull out the series? I, I, it's hard to watch these games because even when the Spurs are up, you don't believe that it's real at all. You just know that the the, the Warriors are going to hit the switch, and then there's there's nothing they can do. Um, and it's really sad because if this team had had Kawhi, everybody kind of slides into a position where you're like, okay, these are some interesting matchups. Um, you know, you know, Kawhi on um, on Durant, Danny Green on um, on Clay cool. Thompson. You could play playing Rudy Gay in that four, that stretch four position to to take Draymond, and then you kind of look at this series and go, oh, this could have been a really good series. But now you have people, you have Danny Green guarding um, Kevin Durant, which is it's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they have, for whatever reason, they have Patty Mills guarding. Clay Thompson, which is which is just suicide, if you ask me. Um, so it's just it puts them in a bad position. They don't have enough scoring, and if you're not going to be able to at least make things difficult on the Warriors, they just they just don't have enough scoring to to overcome that. Nope, not at all. It's pain. It's extremely painful to watch. Like I mean, honestly, there's just two words: Kevin Durant. Like the dude was scoring yeah. at ease last night. Like every time he put the ball up, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, it's going in again. Yep, and it just kept going in over and over again. So he put up, I believe, 33, and then Clay puts up another 31. 
Like, you know, and, and the Spurs just better be glad Steph isn't on the court or it would be much worse. So, you know, yeah, it, it's just a sad shame to realize that just a year ago, uh, if Zaza Pachulia doesn't put his feet under Kawhi, they were up, I think, 20, if not more, on the Warriors. So, you know, and then a year later, of course, without him again, it, there's just no hope. No hope without Kawhi. None whatsoever. Even with the great, the best coach in the NBA, uh, Greg Popovich, there's still no hope. I just dislike Kawhi more and more as the games go on. I mean, I, I I don't know what the whole situation is there. I don't know why I'm inclined to blame it on him. I think I'm gonna go ahead and make my call though. I, I think I think this is a Kawhi play. I don't think it's the Spurs doing anything. I mean, Papa said like, oh, you know, you gotta ask his team. What's going on with him? Apparently, he's in Brooklyn working out or something, but they're still mm-hmm. saying that he's not ready to play. I don't know, but yeah, no, this series is it's either a sweep. I'll be glad to see San Antonio get a win, but nah, there's no hope. It's um, and it's tough because I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we take pop for granted, but I think you yeah. know these these. I don't know how much longer we get to experience, you know, him as a coach, but I think, yeah, if they have Kawhi, they're the team. Uh, I'd have more faith in them than I, do, than I do Houston because they have a talented big that can that can get his own shot, that can score. Um, Whoa, and if wait a minute, that, wait a minute. Wait, are you talking about your favorite player, LaMarcus Aldridge, is a talented big? Wait a minute. I'm saying that he is talented <laughs> at mid-range jumpers. That he is. <laughs> um, but but I would still uh, I would take them over Houston, you know, just as far as being able to to topple Golden State. So it's it's tough to talk about it. Um, it's the one sour sour point that's uh, you know I don't think it's good for the game. Whatever it is that's going on there in San Antonio, but what are you gonna do? Uh, Golden State's yeah. in the second round by default. And I think that's that sucks because everybody wanted to see them be tested. I was personally yep. hoping that they got they caught Utah or OKC in the first round, but yeah. such is life. Yeah, I'm. This is seeing this game. I mean, it it'll be one of the earliest off season starts for the Spurs, and then it'll be the most interesting off season because what what are they going to do about Kawhi? Yep. Does Kawhi want to be there? He's up for that extension. If he's not going to sign the extension, do they? Do they look at trying to deal him, or does he? And does he even want to be there? Um, I think for so long we just give them the benefit of the doubt, especially in this situation. Everything's fine. It's just they'll figure it out. But I mean, I have never seen a, a, a situation with the Spurs play out this way. So it'll be interesting to see how. And I'm sure we'll be um, after their season is over. We'll talk a lot about what this means for them in the future. But um, this series, I believe, is over. I don't. I can't even really see a situation where they'll even get one game, even nope. in San Antonio. So. Nope. Just go ahead and sw- sweep them, get it done with, honestly. Unless Kawhi somehow yeah. miraculously comes back for game three and four, just go ahead and sweep them. Well, what's funny is that people started retweeting this article from last year saying Kawhi's playing in game one, but it was from last year when they played the Warriors. It was from March 2017, and people were like, oh, Kawhi's coming back. And everybody's like, check the timestamp, y'all. He's right, gosh, man. <laughs> the the length to which people do not read. Oh my gosh. On a on like on social media where you have to read just to get like information. It's it's literally text communi- communication. And when so- I when I have had when I've had to tell somebody every year for the last however many years that Rosa Parks did not just die. <laughs> It's out of control. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's bad, man. It's bad. I'm, I'm convinced, man. I, I should just start posting about movies coming out. And just be like, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Terminator Two is coming out on May 14th. Black Panther. If you haven't seen it yet, you know it's it's on its yeah, way out. You guys, I'm it's, just kidding. It's a really exciting movie. Right, really the guy exciting. From uh, from James Brown movie called Black Panther. <laughs> You might want to check it out. There's a movie in space. They're going to call it Star Wars. Coming soon. All right. So let's go to another Eastern Conference series, the uh, Raptors and the Wizards. Oh, God. Um, 
I don't want to spend too much time talking about the basketball of this series. I want to talk about what's wrong with the Wizards. This team having the two two of the most talented players in the game, um, probably I disagree. one of the top three or four backcourts in the NBA. Why isn't this team better? And what's wrong with them? What do you guys think? Because Bradley is overrated. Bradley is Lamont Murray. Oh, whoa. Bradley Beal is Shannon Brown. Oh, a little, a little bit better of a Shannon Brown. If you take take, Brown. take Shannon's athleticism and and give Bradley a couple more points on like jumpers, and that's Bradley Beal. Beal can shoot the rock. Okay. He's I just, can't believe you just said that. He's just not that. He's he would be a, a phenomenal third option. But if that's wow. if that's who you're counting on with an already already limited first option offensively in John Wall, who can give you jumpers sometimes. Yeah. But you know, you you add in Bradley Beal who and I say this because he's inconsistent. I say this because he does not have um killer instinct and this is not, you know, a knock against him. It's just not there. So for your one-two punch to be like a one-two high-five, really. Or like a one-two, <laughs> you know, really hard tap on the shoulder or something like that. I mean, they, they don't they don't have the teeth to do it. I mean, listen, when that team is clicking and they're playing defensively and they're, they're, they're you know, they're playing together and they're feeding off of one another, it's, it really is great basketball to see. But I've been saying all year that they're paper thin um, as far as depth. Yeah. And so they get run but- down. And then with Bradley not really having what it takes because he's the best scorer on the team. I I, I would venture to go ahead and say that. Um, but he, or he has the best scoring potential on the team, but he's he doesn't step up to be the best scorer. And so they'll they'll never get past. I, I think they peaked last year. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you look at the the stats from the last game, the bench really, you know, played better outside of Wall's twenty nine. You know, Scott gave him twenty, uh, Ubre gave him fourteen, Mahimi gave him twelve, Ty Lawson gave him fourteen. You know, the bench played well, um, uh, but well, and this is you know just from tonight's game against Toronto, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if this team just cannot gel together. Um, I think I like Gortat's game, but I know he's inconsistent. Um, they're they're missing. Gortat's a, done. They're, Gortat's they're, done out here. They're they're missing they're missing a piece or two, and I just don't know if I don't know what it what it would be for this team to to be good. I don't. Oh, I mean to be great as great as they could be. You know, last year showed some great flashes, and I'm kind of with you, Ian, that, you know, maybe last year was that peak, and now it's just, you know, they're they're sliding downhill now. Um, but I don't know what it would take, honestly. Um, you know, I saw some funny rumors about, you know, trying to trade Beal and all to get Kawhi Leonard and all these type of things, but I just, they need, they need number one, they need a solid, consistent big. Um, and, um, of course, Wall's always hurt. So, I mean, it's very similar to what, with Kyrie. You know, it's just a matter of when is he going to get hurt and for how long. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, gosh, I don't know, man. It, and it's and honestly, I can't even lie to you. At the beginning of this series, I was very tempted to pick Washington um, because I was not very impressed with, with the Raptors, especially seeing how Cleveland would mop the floor with them the last couple times they played them. So, um, mm-hmm. I was very, very close to picking Washington. And then these uh, first two games, they came out and just laid the bed. So I don't know. I don't know what, what needs to be fixed. Maybe a coaching, a head coaching change. Um, but that's yeah, all I got. I, this, is, this is hard for me because I like, I love, John Wall's one of my favorite players to watch when he's healthy. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated point guards in the league. I agree with Ian is that he, he does not shoot the ball well. No, he doesn't. Um, he could be streaky. Like he'll like I, I believe it was last playoffs. You saw sometimes when you're like, whoa, if he starts shooting like this, this guy is for real. And he's also coming back. He missed, I think, forty four games this year, so he's not a hundred percent. He's not gonna be a hundred percent until next year. So um kinda take that into account. But um 
there's something wrong with this team, and I think it has very little to do with basketball. And I think we we kind of saw it when when John Wall got injured, and everybody is talking about how everybody eats, and we're all you know we're in this together, and da 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 da. And then you got players like Gortat coming out and putting out tweets that are clearly about John Wall, giving interviews after the game, and clearly talking about John Wall and how. Um, he referenced something about selfish players only looking out for themselves and not being about the team. Um, and this was when either Wall was getting ready to come back or, or had just come back to the team. Um, and so it's there's something there. And then you, you or I think it was beginning of this year, you heard, you know, the reports that John and, and Beal have never really got along, but they've yeah. done better with it this year. Yeah. So I think there's some I think there's more chemistry, personality things wrong with this team that I don't know can be fixed because they they fell apart when John came back because a he hadn't he wasn't healthy uh and I think there's some some I don't know if it's hurt feelings or egos or maybe they don't like the way that he plays um not getting guys involved enough I don't know what it is but there's something wrong and I don't I, I wouldn't blame a coach for this I wouldn't blame organization per se but i think there's going to need to be some major changes for this team moving forward if they want to be in contention and unfortunately i think it's going to be breaking up this combo of wall and beal because a those are the only two things you're gonna be able to get any value for and b i think they're the they might be the core of the problem uh, so um, you don't so you don't think brooks is gone after this year if they go out first round I don't think so. I don't think this is Brooks' fault. And B, the Wizards aren't exactly a great run organization. Um, no. Um, they had who's the coach before him? I wish I could remember his name. Um, but he was he had been there for a while. He'd been bad for a while. And there's been no real direction from the GM's office, and I just I just don't really have a lot of faith in the organization, which is probably part of the reason why Kevin Durant it was he wasn't even on. Or Washington was even on his list, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a Scott Brooks problem. I think this is an actual personal relationship, personality problem more so than anything else. Um, and I actually I like I like both Wall and Beal, but a they're two injury prone players. Beal, he's like like you said, very similar to Kyrie. He get, he's going to get hurt at some point. It's just about for how long. When is it going to be? But when he's right, he's one of the best two-way point guards in the league he does things that other people just can't do um and i think in the long run he'll make your team better but if the team is it rallied around that then i don't think it matters if if guys don't think that he's um has their best interest in heart or that he has the team's best interest at heart i don't it doesn't matter how many times you pass the ball um so that being said if i'm the cavaliers Come on. I'm calling. I'm calling about John Wall Come today. Come on, John. Come I don't. I don't care that the playoffs are still happening. I'm calling today. If. We'll give you the Nets. We'll give you the Nets pick, Tristan Thompson, and pick somebody else other than LeBron James. And you can. And we'll take John Wall off your hands because uh, I would love to have that problem. Uh. Okay. I mean, well, that's that's a conversation for another day. I don't know if I want to see John Wall and LeBron on the same team. I I take I I'd, I'd roll the dice with that one. I if LeBron could accept an off-ball role or a, a an altered role where he's yeah. where he's in the post more. But okay, that's neither here nor there. You actually hit exactly what I was going to say, Malcolm. Um yes, I think this is this is KD was the perfect uh piece to plug into that puzzle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when that when that opportunity missed, I think it deflated, you know, the hopes of that organization, which I agree. Um, I don't get a great sense of culture from them. Um, the whole the Wall and Bill stuff, I'm I'm exhausted, honestly. Yeah. Um, it and you know just hearing the the passive responses during interviews, which I give Bill credit. Um, I know I dump on him a lot because I just don't believe in his performance. <laughs> I think there's a lot. I, I I think there's a lot more there, and I think I want to see him become. I think he, I think he wanted that to be like some kind of like, uh, like soft landing spot, but it really wasn't. It's that like, was I, that know, was a really, good that was I, a good redemptive. I, I I know I dump on him a lot, but I just don't believe in him at all. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's, a, it's his performances, man. I, I, times where he could step up. I watched a game earlier this year where Wall is out, and uh, I decided I was going to key in on this game. And it comes down the stretch. It's a close game. And Bradley Beal, I watched three straight possessions where he turns the ball over, yeah. he forces the issue and turns it over again. Then he just, like, takes a couple terrible shots and, like, air balls. And I'm just like, this guy's and a that's, train that's... wreck. Like, he just falls apart when it's all up to him. But that's that's what confuses me about and what makes me think that it's a chemistry issue because when it was when Wall was out, Bradley Beal played amazing. And I was I, I did not think he had the ability to be the number one option as much as he was in that run. Because if you remember the Wizards played really well in that in that run and people were thinking, okay, this team might actually be better without John Wall. And he did great in that number one spot. But those two together, it's just it, at least this year, it just hasn't been consistent. I mean, he, Beal had nine points today. Like, if he's your number two guy, he you can't you can't come to a playoff game and give you nine points. You just can't and expect to win. Yeah. I mean, Ty Lawson played more minutes than him, and oh Otto Porter, the hundred something million dollar man. That's the other thing. That's the other thing that's wrong with the, with the Wizards <sighs> is that they spend all their money on Otto Porter. I will say it on every episode that we have when the Wizards come up. That was the dumbest signing I can remember. Oh, but I can I can give you I can give you a dumber one. I'm excited. Chandler about Chandler Max or nothing Parsons. <laughs> yeah. Or Timothy yeah. Mozgov. Oh. oh God. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chandler so, Parsons. All right. We we've talked entirely too much about a series that is probably over. Uh so let's go ahead and get to some other first round predictions. Um, what series are you guys looking at? Do you guys have any upsets that you guys are predicting of the series that are remaining in the first round? Hey, well, <laughs> I appreciate you asking. Oh boy, um, <laughs> I know where this is going. As currently, um, right now in real time, girls and boys, the Blazers are uh, they're leading the Pelicans by five. You know. But um, not that not that we want to date exactly what time this is because no no no, no not at all at because this, this is happening all of the time. <laughs> so anytime you're listening to us, there's something happening um, <laughs> that is in real time for you right now. So thanks for technology. Uh, so glad we get to be with you right now, whatever day. Right now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, New Orleans is going to put the Blazers out. Um, I'm, I, I'm not that excited because they're going to, they'll probably lose in the second round, but, um, what I hope it will show the world is, uh, you know, the, the progression I'm really hoping of Anthony Davis, um, Drew Holiday is, is playing like a star. Oh my goodness. Um, Drew is amazing yeah. right oh, now. Yeah. And there's a, uh, as any great, uh, um, vehicle has a motor, there's a motor there in New Orleans. And uh, he's a point guard, Whew, championship point guard, and uh, he is one of the best facilitators of offense in the game today. We've Thank already you. talked about him way more than he deserves. But Rajon Rondo's making things happen. You saw it in game <laughs> one. Um, I'm sure that he's going to ball out in game two whenever that happens because everything is happening right now. But, yeah, uh, I definitely uh, I expect the Pelicans to put the Blazers out. Man, I, I agree. I, 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 I was literally about to say I agree, honestly. Um, I really like the way that they're playing right now. Um, to echo, honestly, Ian, they, they're, they're playing like they're vi- extremely hungry, you know. Um, yeah. The, you know, the, the city of New Orleans, you know, um, they, they thought they had a shot at, at, at the Super Bowl this year potentially. And, you know, had it not been for a miracle against Minnesota, you know, uh, they could have been on their way um, to the NFC Championship game. Now, who knows if they would have been the Eagles. Um, and now there's this hype around their, you know, uh, this unibrow um, freak of nature that is incredible at his craft. Um, and now they have some, some, some guys around him that can make some plays. Um, I do think they'll beat 
Portland, um, and it may only go five or six, honestly. Um, mm. So, uh, and that's, I just think it's because uh, Portland is too streaky. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, that's just what I think. So, uh, and, and like I said, I was going to pick the Wizards until uh, I watched them play, and it just was ugly. So, <laughs> so I was like, ooh, good thing I didn't make that pick yet. <laughs> so I guess the only upset, which I, I don't even know if you can call it an upset at this point in time, um, would, be, would be New Orleans. And um, I would have picked the Bucks uh, as well, but, uh, especially saying that Kyrie was out. Um, but seems like they're, Boston's role players, I don't know, we'll see what they do on the road, but at home thus far, they've been very good. Even Shane Larkin stepped up this past game they played. So Trash. Shane Larkin. Trash. Um, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I thought about giving the Bucks the edge in that series, but then I forgot that they fired their coach in the middle of the season and they're playing with the interim coach and relying on Eric Bledsoe to be a, a decent human being. Oh, so that's God. entirely so you think, too so you think much. Jason to ask Kidd for. is the difference. No, I think that they have a coach in there who's a lame duck who <laughs> can't be setting up any kind of real culture or system, and they're just literally just playing basketball. They might as well be playing pickup games. Oh, so um, like Tyloo. Yes, except for I think I think that's actually Ty Lue's system. <laughs> I think his system is just roll the basketball out and then occasionally drop a really good out of bounds play. Whereas I think this coach is literally just they asked they I wish I could have recorded this this interview they did after the first quarter of the of the game tonight, which is Tuesday. Um he just said the most elementary things and they're like, so he's like, yeah, we need to get better spacing. And the person was like, so how do you get better spacing? We got to get in the right spots. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my God, this guy is so done. Like he's not, he's not even here. He's not with us. Uh, so yeah, I'm, um, I agree about the Pelicans. I'm going to, here's my hot take. The, uh, jazz win the series against the thunder. Oh, um, um I, and that has a lot to do with I have no faith in the Oklahoma City Thunder to play consistent basketball for any amount of time. Um, Paul George was great in game one. He was. Um, but I, I can't I, I can't count on that. I can't count on Melo giving you a good effort, even though I will give Billy Donovan credit for actually staggering the minutes, which he has apparently never been able to figure out as an NBA coach. He messed it up last year with Oladipo and never playing him and Russ apart, and he messed it up this year by playing Carmelo with the starters. But they actually had him play against the second unit, and he lit up the second unit. So, hey, Billy Donovan, newsflash, do that every game. Um, But I have... I have no faith in the Thunder or in Billy Donovan. I still think even even if Donovan Mitchell is injured, I still believe in the Utah Jazz system, Quinn Snyder, that defense. Um, I think they're going to pull it out against the Thunder. Wait, 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 wait. Even without Don... Malcolm. I, hey, I, hey. Not without I said this. No way. This has everything to do with how little faith I have in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City might sweep Utah. Let alone the, lose to him. Um, <laughs> who was it? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to repeat what somebody said on another podcast. But the Thunder are a team that you can see. Oh, you see them playing against the Warriors, and you're like, oh, man, this team is a title contender. And then they lose to Memphis, and you're like, this team is the worst team in the NBA. Agreed. So Agreed. I, I, have, I have no faith in them. I have no faith in Carmelo Anthony's knees. I have no faith in Paul George being a good offensive player. I have no faith that Russell Westbrook knows that he has teammates. I I just don't have any faith. I don't have faith in Billy Donovan that he knows who to play when. I just don't have any faith in them at all. And I actually have faith in Quinn Snyder and in the system and in their defense. And that's that's all it comes down to. I'm not a jazz fan at all. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, how far are we going with these predictions? Um are we predicting all first round series or? No, I just I was just having you guys pick one. I wasn't gonna have us do cool. uh, every series. Okay. 
yeah, I, I didn't want to do every series, and I didn't want to talk about it either. But hey, guys, this is no. how we figure out what we're talking about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome behind the curtain. Uh, <laughs> so we were going to talk about head coaching vacancies, but we have plenty of off-season to talk about that. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Keith's specialty, the NFL. Hey, hey, um, hey. And we're going to talk about somebody who unfortunately is still not signed, Colin uh, Kaepernick, uh, and the situation with the Seattle Seahawks. So just to recap you, um, they scheduled a workout with, and a meeting with him um, to come to Seattle. Um, but they, according to reports on the front end, asked him about whether or not he would still be protesting. Um, and Kaepernick was would not uh, basically give them the answer that they wanted or an answer at all. And so they canceled the workout and said that it's, um, what was it, going to be, might be rescheduled. They're still thinking about their options. In the meantime, they went and signed Stephen Morris. If you don't know who Stephen Morris is, you shouldn't because he's a terrible football player. Um, But they signed him in the meantime, and I think that door is probably closed. So... That and uh, you have the Eric Reed situation uh, where he went to do a visit with the Cincinnati Bengals and um, their owner asked him about him um, continuing to protest. Um, so I don't even know what direction to go with this. I don't want to go with the classic, do we think he's going to play again? But um, And I think we all pretty much agree that agree that Cap is in the right here. But... Um, what 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 do you guys think can be done to keep this from happening because in my opinion this is unethical um to schedule these things and then say oh we're not going to bring you out here unless you say you're not going to protest so does the league need to step in do does human decency need to step in do players need to boycott their own league what needs to happen for this thing to kind of stabilize and normalize I think um, I think that that's a very valid question, um, and I think there's two potential things that could happen uh, because we know that at the end of the day, people can be mad at the NFL, but they still won't protest as they could. That could really force the NFL to make decisions because, of course, anytime you hit someone's pockets, they're going to have to reevaluate. Okay, yeah, you know, something has to happen. Um, you know, so of course some, some people boycott the NFL, but I don't think it was big enough, um, of a group of people to boycott, um, in order for it to really make a huge impact. Um, so I do think that, uh, it would be up to players, honestly, to, um, boycott. And I just don't think players will care enough, um, to do so, sadly. Um, if this was the NBA, I think it would, um, cause a lot of NBA, NBA players are very vocal. Um, now, they do stand for the anthem, but they're very vocal or they wear shirts or they do something um, to suggest that they're not happy with certain, you know, social events that are going on. Um, so I do think it's up to the players uh, because this is complete and utter ridiculousness. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we know, I mean, I, I'm a Bengals fan and Colin Kaepernick has won more playoff games than Andy Dalton. So... I would, you know, this guy is taking his team to the Super Bowl for, for, for the love of God. So, I mean, for him still not to have a job just because he literally stands for what he believes is the epitome of a disgrace, honestly. Um, so I think it does boil down to the players um, or someone because at the end of the day, the owners are not going to do anything because they got a lot of people chirping about, oh, well, he's disrespecting the flag and the military and we ain't standing for it. You know, they got those type of guys, um, predominantly white, just going to say the, the truth, um, who are down, you know, down their throats about that. So at the end of the day, no one's going to take their, sh- their shot on Kaepernick, uh, sadly. And it's just ridiculous. Uh Oh man! So <laughs> this whole con- this whole situation came up um, when they quote unquote postponed Cap's workout, and uh, I I remember texting you guys and we were talking about it, and uh, I was holding out hope, ladies and gentlemen, that the Seahawks were just interested in a futuristic conversation. 
I don't know where my mind went. I forgot who <laughs> the owners were and how this normally goes. But my thought was, you know, hey, it's possible that they just want to know uh, what his what his aim for his advocacy is. And maybe they were open-minded to him kneeling, but they wanted to know how they could work the media so that they wouldn't have to take on the firestorm, even in the process. And then they signed, what's his name, something, something. Plain. Miami, University of Miami of Florida, former quarterback, Stephen Morris. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say, um, NFL Network has been reporting that talks with Kaepernick are in a holding pattern. Nothing's been decided. And so they are still somewhat associated um, with trying to get him to work out. But it's uh it, it it was a it was it was very deflating that they went out and signed somebody so closely afterward. They didn't need to. I mean it was so the, trash. They 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 weren't in a hurry to like, you know, the market wasn't burning for Mr. Plain nobody what's his face. And so yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh you know, that that was that was odd. Cap now, I mean it brought up a conversation. I do I think it, it would have been it would have been productive to have a conversation with him. I'd actually love to hear him interview about, you know, hey, this is the aim of my advocacy now. At one point, I wanted to draw attention to this issue, and due to all of the attention that's been paid because of the way I'm protesting, um, you know, some have gotten lost and, you know, fell into the change narrative. But, hey, some have paid attention to what it was I was advocating. So now this is what I'm trying to advocate, or this is why I'm still I'm still kneeling. I mean, you know, I, I'm interested in that conversation to see where things are going, what direction he wants uh, the attention to be paid. And is, you know, I mean, the question should be asked, is there still a benefit or a merit in kneeling? Now, I mean, that's somebody's individual right if that's what they want to do. And no, he should not be getting blackballed for it. I'm I'm just as outraged as, as the both of you, but I I did not think there was harm in the conversation, especially, you know, if he wanted to reiterate something or clarify something or, you know, dispel some of the rumor or some of the stuff that's that's been surrounding um, um, his protest, but I, I don't know. I don't have faith in in the Seahawks anymore. They're on my toilet list. Mm-hmm. They're in the toilet anyway. No, no Michael Bennett. No Richard Sherman. No Jimmy Graham. They hey, are don't, don't, deeper in the don't toilet. Don't fix your mouth. Don't fix your mouth to talk about the best. Don't talk about Richard. Sherman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a greener pastures now because uh, yeah, being in Seattle. Being in Seattle might have been a step uh, in, well, I don't want to say a step in the wrong direction. I want the man to get a job. Um, yeah, some somebody hire Cap, man. I'm with Cap, still standing with Cap, but uh, yeah, this this has gone on for way too long. And don't even get me started on the Bengals, because y'all know I will start, I will almost cuss for real. So we ain't, I got, mean, we ain't got we ain't got that much podcast. No, so let's let let me not even get started. I will say I will spare you, audience. With my disgust, with my Cincinnati Bengals, so. So, so to answer the question that I posed, I have no idea what could be done about this. Um, I would love to think that the NFL will get involved and fully investigate what's going on with these teams and the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick. But I have no faith in Roger Goodell because he works for the owners, and the owners have yep. no reason to stop doing what they're doing. Yep. Um, I will say this: I know the NFL does not care what I think. They're not listening to me probably in any way because who would? But um, but you are. I appreciate that. Um, but if Johnny Manziel ends up signed before Colin Kaepernick, I will never watch another NFL game. Write it down. Book it. I will never watch another NFL game if Johnny Manziel gets signed. Colin Kaepernick has a better resume than most of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Most. And it's complete. It's in Most. any football argument for why he is not playing is invalid, and if you think that you're stupid, that's my hot take. <laughs> um, so last thing we're gonna end with here: Des Bryant released by the Cowboys. Um, I have a perspective on this that I have not heard anyone talk about. Um, so I'll start off, and then I'll have you guys uh, kind of chime in quickly about. 
um, where you guys think he'll land. I think this started to become a pattern with the Cowboys where they don't treat their stars slash legends well. Um, they released Michael Irvin. They released, released Emmett Smith. Um, they re- you know, they kind of, whatever you think about Tony Romo, that wasn't done greatly. Um, so it's becoming a pattern where as soon as they deem a guy not valuable, they just cut him and get re- release him. And if you if you listen to what Des Bryant is saying in his interviews, they didn't even offer for him to take a pay cut. Right. Um, they just told him he was being released. Which, in my opinion, when you have a guy who is your franchise's all time leader in touchdown catches, especially a, a franchise as storied as the Cowboys, why wouldn't you bring that as an option? Um. So I think this is a pattern for the Cowboys of just kind of discarding their players, no matter how valuable or how important they you they have been to the franchise. Um, and I think that it's going to continue to reflect poorly on them as an organization and I think will affect um, their relationships with agents and owners, I mean, agents and players down the road. Um, but to get to the most pressing issue, Des Bryant, whatever you like or don't like about him, he's still a pretty good football player. Mm-hmm. What teams do you guys think um he should be looking at and where he'll he might end up it's an interesting take um just you know uh about dallas i'm not and it's it's interesting i mean you know jerry's not there but hey you got stephen jones so um i'm not surprised that a lot of philosophies will be consistent um, interested mm-hmm. to see what other if other legends might chime in about that um, and say some things that they've noticed. But uh, Dez, oh Dez, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know where I see him fitting. I don't know why Jacksonville came to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that pick. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him go somewhere, and it's hard to root for Dez for me. Because he just he just talks too much, but um, I can't I can't deny it. I I want to see a redemption uh, year for him, especially after yeah I heard the same thing about um, you know he would have been willing to take a pay cut, but some of that you got to wonder if it's you know a little bit of too li- too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's caused his fair share of problems in Dallas, uh, and so absolutely. you know I I can't. Say I completely blame the organization for not wanting that back. It depends on, you know, if there have been some recent happenings or anything like that. But, yeah, uh, Jacksonville, I, I I think I'd be curious. I wouldn't be surprised if I see New England oh, ugh, oof. slip in there. And I only say that because I did not think they would have gone after Randy Moss, but then they did. And then that happened. And, but, and they went 16-0 and, and lost in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah, but they scorched the league that year. That's true. I mean, it wasn't just sixteen and zero; like they were, but, they were bombing people out of the stadium. So here, here's the difference with him, with Randy and Dez. Though Randy was outspoken and like very, like a big personality, but you didn't necessarily see him like yelling at coaches and at teammates on the sideline. Like Dez does it. You you're just looking at your watch, waiting for when it's gonna happen. True. Like, I just I remember I remember like Randy having issues, but it wasn't like he's grabbing you know Randall Cunningham and saying give me the ball. Now part of that was Chris Carter was there and he's a veteran and a guy that Randy liked, so he kind of keep him in check. But I just Dez and Belichick, I think that just be a terrible terrible situation for everyone. I feel like he'd get released like after the first practice because he's gonna have done this. I can't even. <laughs> It's possible, but Bill's got a—he's got a history of taking on trouble guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this much: there's three teams I would love to see Dez go to. Honestly, you know, one of the three. Uh, I would love to see him in San Fran, um, mm. because with mm. with with Jimmy G, um, you know, uh, you know, so, you know, Marquise Goodwin, and uh, Pierre Garcon, a couple a couple decent receivers. Um, that team could be very, very good offensively. Um, that's one. Number two, of course, if he stays in the division, which, of course, he did, you know, reports say he said something like, see you, you know, twice next year. Um, only thing that would come to mind would be the Redskins. 
Um, you know, mm. partner him with Alex Smith. That could be interesting. But honestly, my top choice, um, I thought about Jacksonville, and I think that could be very good. But I would love to see him with a healthy Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, mm. Will Fuller in Houston would be incredible. They have the cap space uh, that he's probably looking at a one-year deal regardless. Um, and so that could be extremely scary um, if they were able to pull that off. So that's my hope, honestly, is that Houston would pick him up, that Deshaun, you get Deshaun Watson healthy, and you see that Ooh. offense run. would be incredible. I like it. I like it. I heard him say that he wanted to stay in the AFC East. And I, just real quickly, I want to run through the scenarios here and why it won't happen. The Eagles, um, I don't I don't think they have the money to do it. And I don't nope. know if they even really want to. Um, he would stab Alex Smith in the chest if he was his quarterback. <laughs> um, if he's yelling at Dak Prescott and Tony Robo to get the ball, he is going to be pissed at Alex Smith because Alex Smith is looking five yards down the field, and yep. that is it. And Des Bryant is going to, yeah, he is going to stab him. Second of all, uh, the the other team, the Giants in division, I have my. This is my only question: Have we ever seen two wide receivers yelling at one quarterback about not getting the ball <laughs> at the same time? Because I think that's completely possible with Des Bryant and OBJ on the same team. I'm pretty sure Eli Manning is just going to get tag team body slammed by both of those guys on any given possession for not getting the ball. Um, so my pick, um, and it kind of fits the profile for this team, I think he'd be a good fit with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the yeah. Ravens kind of have this really, it, it, and it works for them. They find these close to over the hill, teetering over the edge of over the hill white receivers and make them work, whether it's Steve Smith, whether it's Derek Mason, whether it's Anquan Bolden, they get these guys and get the last, yeah, Mike Wallace. They get the last bit of whatever is left in them, um, and they need another wideout. They signed Michael Crabtree, um, who also fits the bill of this. He just turned thirty. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, um, but I think he would. He kind of fits that hard nose possession receiver who's still kind of a deep threat and can do things in the end zone. He fits that profile. Um, I think he could help them. I would love to see him in Jacksonville on that team. They need a wide receiver that can make some plays. Blake Bortles needs a reliable target, especially after losing Allen Robinson. Yep. Um, but you said Houston. I, I hadn't thought of that one. That one That one could be good. Him and Deshaun Watson and, and uh, Duke, Duke Hopkins could really be special. Could be. Um, yeah, man. So I, And this puts me in a weird position because I do not want to root for Des Bryant. I am not a Des Bryant fan for a host of reasons. The primary primary reason being he went to Oklahoma State, and I'm an Oklahoma Sooners fan, Boomer Sooner, and he killed us every single year. It was so <laughs> annoying. Um, so this puts me in a weird position where I feel like I need to defend him. So that's why I just, I just I just hope he goes somewhere, does well, and kills the Cowboys. That's it. You know what? Um, you just reminded me, maybe he shouldn't go to Jacksonville, because whatever happened to the ghost of Justin Blackman might happen to him. Ugh. Oh, gee. Oh, wow. We should do a podcast about drugs. Um, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Justin Blackman. Shout out shout to Robert out to Swift. JB. Shout out to the Jailblazers, all y'all. Josh you guys. Gordon. Um, <laughs> just, just stay off the, the weed. weed. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to, to us. We're going to give you our parting words. Keith, let's start with your parting words tonight. I honestly can't stand Mike Brown. Honestly, literally. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Good night. <laughs> all right, Ian, your parting words. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing uh, my Cavs pull it together, pull through. Uh, Victor Oladipo, stop playing, bro. Short parting words. Um, We were going to talk about NBA coaching carousel, but we'll talk about that later. I want to give my parting word to Mark Jackson. This guy deserves another shot as a head coach. Um, As a Knicks fan, I would love to see him build a culture in New York. Um, But I just want to see Mark Jackson back on the sidelines. I think he's a good coach. He's a good uh, developer of culture and of talent. 
come on, Knicks, do the right thing. Hire Mark Jackson. Let's make it happen. Mm. So that's it, you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 301 Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for international Ian Morgan. Thank you so much. Thank you hey. so much. We love you. From Cincinnati, Keith Turner Jr. And your boy here in the capital city of Columbus, Ohio, it's Malcolm Morgan. This has been a 301 Podcast. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Au revoir.